Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Welcome to Journey with Judy, a weekly podcast filled with faith-infused inspiration, information, and an opportunity for implementation. Now, here is speaker, coach, author, and host, Judy Hare. Hello, hello. You are journeying with Judy right here on the Journey with Judy podcast. We remain in 2020, this year of perfect vision, and I'm praying for greater clarity in every aspect of your heart, your mind, and your life. And our topic tonight is wise up. Like, don't we just want to be wise? And you are talking to someone who learned how to be wise from being a former fool. Now, that's a lesser fool, not that that's a judgment, it's just an assessment, than the person in front of me the other day at the McDonald's drive-thru who kept ordering, and you could hear the person yelling, their order. And I kept hearing this faint voice saying, I'm sorry, but I cannot hear you. So this guy kept yelling louder and louder. Well, it became apparent to me that he was placing his order in the garbage chute. You know, how the garbage chute comes out 
you know? So he kept placing his order in the garbage chute and the lady kept saying like, I'm sorry, sir, I can't hear you. So, and so I know his wife was probably easily annoyed and all the things that being wise says we're not allowed to be. And I was like, I'm so glad that was her and not me and him and not Bob. Anyway, so maybe he was not wise in the eyes of God. And by the same token, like I'm just trusting that, yeah, that, that was just interesting to witness. Yes, it was the humor for my day. Also, today is the feast of St. Mary Magdalene. So who could be wiser, more full of knowledge, experience, and good judgment when it comes to laying her life out for Jesus? So we love her. She is a disciple of the disciples. So wisdom, here's the thing about wisdom. It is showing or having knowledge, experience, or good judgment. It's about a soundness of mind, an action, or a decision, right? So I believe that I was wise in my own eyes, and the book of Proverbs says, mm -mm, either you are wise or you are a fool. So it's either wisdom or folly that we choose. And so scripture also says that wise people might want to avoid the company of foolish people. People. So if I always say to my kids, you become the five people you spend the most time with. And my 18 year old daughter who's living here is like, oh, my Lanta, that means I'm turning into you and dad, right? That would be horrible. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and destruction. And what's so funny, I didn't know this till today. Foolish, the Greek word for foolish is morose. So I think that's where they got moron from because it's M-O-R-O-S. And so I'm going with that's where we got moron. So the book of Proverbs, for those of you who are not familiar with those scriptures, it's phenomenal because it's practical, pithy statements that say if you're wise, you do this. And if you're foolish, you do that. And it's like this black and white, simple, straightforward stuff that when you're foolish, you don't want to know better, right? And all of you who ever worked with me have heard me say four million times, if we knew better, we would do better. And so I'm hoping that we're doing better because now we are knowing better. Because here's the thing about wisdom, is wisdom is the, the beginning of wisdom is from fear of having fear of the Lord. So fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I think some of us mistake the fear of being afraid of God versus the fear of disappointing him. Like the fear that something I say or do would disappoint him is what that means when it says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there's 95 references to the topic of wisdom. And I was just deciding that I would give you the five things that show how wise I have not been before I give you the five things that make you wise. So number one, I was not wise. That's number one. Number two, I was impatient. Still up for debate if I remain impatient. Number three, I was intolerant and irritated a lot. Number four, I did not forgive and forget. I hated and remembered. And I'll just tell you, this shows how wise I was not. My wedding song as I danced with my father was Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Okay, so this will all make sense to you on the other side of the podcast. So we're talking out of the book of Proverbs. And the first thing Proverbs tells us is a wise person, it actually says a wise woman, and I'm going to go with a wise one, a wise person is a former fool. 
So in order to be wise, we had to be a former fool. I love that. I love that I can look back and say, well, I was large and in charge and I was a legend in my own mind. And that's only because I was a former fool, right? So it's not so much if we make mistakes, it's if we learn from those mistakes, because I have a tendency toward folly. I have a tendency towards folly. I need to run from folly like I do from a bee or a spider that's chasing me. That's how I need to run from folly. So when it comes to being wise versus a former fool, we recognize when we're rocking the boat or rowing it, right? Are we rowing it or are we rocking it, right? And only we, I always say, fire the liar, you are the liar. So you know if you're really rocking or rowing, are you rocking or are you rowing? Because a wise person lets the past enter in and they learn from it. Right, you've heard me say that I've taken every field trip. Like you don't have to do that. You can learn so many of these lessons in the classroom because if we're wise and not foolish, we recognize that being teachable and accountable means we almost never need to learn the same lesson over and over. So the thing about God, it's so wonderful, is his correction is an invitation, right? It's an invitation always to reconciliation, never an invitation to humiliation. And I love, love, love that. So when it comes to being wise versus foolish, it's about God working out the character in us because it's so about character and not comfort. So the goal is maybe not to be as as wise as we could be, but definitely wiser than we were or used to be, right? Because it's a journey and not a destination. And it's based on progress and not perfection. And we know that perfection is incorporating the imperfection. So love that. Number two, a wise one exercises patience. Oh my goodness. Patience. Love, love, love that virtue. Bob always says, I'm praying for patience and I continue to be irritated. And I remind him that that's all the opportunities that God gives him to exercise the virtue of patience. So what it says is that when we're slow to anger, we seek deep understanding. When we're quick tempered, we stockpile stupidity. That's what it says in the book of Proverbs. When we're slow to anger, we deepen our wisdom. And when we're quick-tempered, we're stockpiling some stupidity. I love that. So my example of the people who cause you to impatience would be this. This, my friends, is sandpaper. I want you to think of your sandpaper people, those people that are wearing you down. Like Those same people are the ones that God uses to polish you up. So when I asked Bob to go find some sandpaper, he's like, I don't even want to know how that relates to me. So I I refrained from saying it. So when we're exercising patience, we reflect instead of react. We have oceans of emotions, and when they are inflated, typically it invites regret. It invites the should of and the would of and the could of rather than the cause for a pause. I actually wrote here, it's a cause for applause. Clearly I was in my pride in that moment. It's cause for pause, not the cause for applause. 
So my kids always say, mom, you have more patience with the lady at Burger King. And now I'm thinking with the Apple support person who literally answers my name from some third world country. He's like, hello, Judy, and how can we help you today? And I love when he says, that's really not our job. And I go, well, would you help me anyway? Would you just help me? Because I waited like an hour for you. Yeah. So anyway, when we are a fool, we give someone control of us. We say things, we think things, and we do things that we wish we did not. I always say they can't hang you for what you're thinking, right? Can't hang you for what you think, only what you say and do. When our kids were little and they'd be just be going back and forth and just spewing poison, which we did so readily and rapidly in our house, I would say, zip it, lock it, and put it in your pocket, right? If you don't have anything nice to say, say zero things, okay? My father-in-law used to say, we, when we are impatient, we are quick, we are confident, and we are wrong. Right? Some of you have heard me talk about drawing conclusions, and when we draw conclusions out of impatience, they're almost always inaccurate and incomplete, almost never accurate and complete. Number three, a wise person is not easily annoyed. Oh, I love that one. It says that there's nothing worse than the person who gets on your last nerve. Your first nerve, your last nerve, and every nerve in between. So a person who is wise is not easily annoyed. It says in scripture that fools have a short fuse, but the prudent shrug it off. They just shrug off the insult as if it isn't about them. Some of you have heard that more times than not. So here's what's so crazy. It says that if we are easily annoyed, it's a character flaw. So that's when we're letting something say something to us about us and we're taking things personally because we are so easily annoyed. It also says that a person who is easily annoyed is someone who deep down thinks they're better. They're superior than someone else. Ooh, that hit me like right between the eyes when I read that. So those people who annoy you are your growth opportunities. It's like, thank you for helping me grow right now. I love that. Okay. So number four, a wise one can make amends. A wise one can make amends. You know, in my house, we did not forgive and forget. We hated and remembered. Okay, we did not forgive and forget. We hated and remembered. And so there was some, there's something one of the saints says that the freshest wounds are most easily healed. So I don't know about you. I know so many people who are not talking to someone for some reason. And if you really get down to it, they really forgot why. They just know it was really bad and they're just never talking to them again for whatever reason. So it's like what the freshest wounds are most easily healed. And if we're wise, Proverbs 14, 9 says, we make amends. The godly acknowledge and reconcile. The fool justifies and makes excuses, right? I want to be wise, not in my eyes, in God's eyes. One of my spiritual directors used to say to me, don't worry about being wrong. Worry about always needing to be right. 
Being right in a relationship means somebody else is wrong. So if I'm right, you're wrong. That doesn't usually leave either one of us feeling connected and protected. If anything, we feel disconnected and not heard and understood. I wrote down here, serve up mercy over judgment. And we got to bend to make amends. So if we're going to be wise, we got to bend to make amends. The book, of, um, the book of Proverbs talks about these amends, and in Hebrew, amend means repair, right? Aren't we oftentimes repairing? There's something that's so much easier to, to do, which is maintain something and sustain it than it is to regain it because we've lost it. Like that's true about everything our eating, our exercising, our spiritual disciplines, our fiscal responsibility. If we could just maintain it and sustain it, it's like once we lose the momentum and we need to regain, it takes so much more energy. So when we're willing to make amends, we're willing to say, what did I do? What can I do? And I'd like to undo what's been done. And is that even possible? Well, I can tell you it's highly improbable and basically impossible if you're not willing to bend to make the amend. Number, that was number four, make amends. Number five, a wise one knows that God's way is the only way. Back to the Frank Sinatra example, number five, my wedding song, that I danced with my father too. Little did I know it would be the theme in my marriage. My way, my way. The first time I went on a date with Bob, if he could hear me right now, he would scream from the basement. That is not true. It's true. I heard it with my own two ears. He said, I asked him why he didn't have a girlfriend the first time we went to lunch together. And he's like, well, it's either my way or the highway. And I was like, oh, I hope you call me again. I don't know why I was drawn to that back then. That was attractive to me. That was attractive to me. And then I made it my wedding song. Scripture says I was a former fool because God's way is the only way. See, I always say that when I turn it over to Jesus and it doesn't work out, I can blame Jesus. I would much rather blame Jesus than any of you or Bob or my kids. So when it's God's way, it is always more, I, I was uh, working with someone this afternoon on one of my last calls of the day, and she said, you know, God blessed me. She goes, I ask big, and I could not have asked this big for the way God showed up and delivered. Like, he gives us so much more than we could ask, dream, or imagine, and sometimes it comes through our sandpaper people, Right? Yes, you know that guy. Anyway, this, is, this does not go on video live for everyone. Okay, so I always say that my kids brought out the worst in me. So if we are doing it God's way, it's likely that others can bring out the worst in us. So all that's left in us is the best in us, right? That's in my spiritual, I, I have a very wise spiritual director and she used to say, well, when all the worst comes out, then all that's left is the best. So I guess up and out is the way to go if it's God's way. I love the fact that God is such a perfect gentleman because he will wait for as long as it takes till we flip the song around from my way or the highway to God's way. Like he just so willingly waits until we want to be wise. 
He waits until we want to. He doesn't make us have to because he so sees it as a get to. So if we're looking at life through the lens of faith and we're looking at it wanting to be wise through God's eyes, it is about the ultimate over the immediate. Because he knows that the ultimate peace, joy, wisdom, love, mercy will always trump the immediate satisfaction of being right or impatient or foolish or unforgiving or intolerant. So we can become all he has created us to be. So my friends, you know you are wise when, number one, you learn from the past. These are the fabulous five. You know you are wise when you, number one, learn from the past. Number two, you reflect and not react. Number three, you ask what's wrong with me. What is my part? What's my piece of the pie? Whenever I work with couples or even parents and, and kids, I give up a pie chart and I ask them just to draw their piece of the problem in the pie. Now, typically when I draw the pie, this circle, and I say, here, draw your piece of the problem, it's oftentimes a slight little sliver, right? This is my part of the problem. If we're wise, we want to see all parts and recognize everything we are thinking, saying, and doing that is contributing to the chasm between those and the people we love. So what's my part requires me saying, how's my heart? So number three, ask, what's wrong with me? Number four, I am willing to bend to make amends. So if you are wise, you are willing to bend to make amends. And lastly, number five, you recognize that the Frank Sinatra theme song is not the best way to be wise in God's eyes. And you realize that my way needs to get to the highway because your way ain't working, right? So is this getting me closer to or further from what I really want, which is to be wise? So my friends, I will tell you, this is not easy. I will promise you that it is purposeful and may you not be ordering anything from the McDonald's drive through garbage can that may you just go right to Jesus, the giver of all good things and place your real order for what you really want. Because you can almost have it any way you want it. Thank you for journeying with Judy on the Journey with Judy podcast. We want to be wise in God's eyes. So I encourage you to wise up. And follow me on any social media platform that you desire. Feel free to reach out for a complimentary connection. And please do remember, it is never, ever, no matter whatever, too late to be who God calls you to be. Thanks for listening to this episode of Journey with Judy. To learn more about Judy's coaching ministry, receive a complimentary session, and other services she offers, visit judyhair.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And remember, it's never too late to be who God called you to be. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. 
the coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.